Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. Everybody and welcome to Transformation Generation podcast wherever you're listening or watching from. I want to welcome you to this very interesting <laughs> broadcast podcast as we begin to dive into some of the uh, have been emerging for a while prophetic dysfunctions. I've been trumpeting for the last couple years that we might just be as the church approaching sort of the end, not of prophecy or the gifts of the prophetic or the office of prophet, no, 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 but perhaps the end of the prophetic overemphasis. And and all of you probably would know what I'm talking about. Most of the time when you're scrolling through Facebook, social media, and our, our conference titles, everything's kind of got that word prophetic attached to it. And we thank God for the last number of decades where what used to be a very hidden, considered fringe gift uh, or office now was brought by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, right to the forefront of the body of Christ. Let me dive right into this, knowing that truth is our anchor. Uh, You know, in fact, I just want to read the scripture from John uh, chapter 16, 12 to 13. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. And so we have the Holy Spirit to lead us, not from one side of the road, the ditch on that side over to the other ditch, but to walk the main highway of the best that God has for the body of Christ. The first dysfunction I want to touch on today is what I call, this is not that phenomenon. (laughs) This is not that. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the overlooked and misunderstood vast difference between Old Testament prophetic and Old Testament prophets and the New Testament dispensation of the prophetic, which includes prophets, by the way. There are prophets in the New Testament. However, this is not that. And we we know that, but we have not understood it to the degree that the way we facilitate prophecy changes and is more accurate and reliable. When we look at the Old Testament, we understood that Those who prophesied falsely or did not communicate the word of the Lord uh, were actually to be stoned. Why? It was because the prophet literally was the mouthpiece of God to the people. (laughs) In a sense, that's how people heard God. So the prophet had to be accurate. And it was very much an ecstatic experience where the word of the Lord would come to the prophet and the prophet had no choice but to declare and speak under a real sense of of the the weight and almost control of God speaking through the prophet. So for a prophet to prophesy falsely and to manipulate and to reject the real word of the Lord, it was worthy of stoning because you've skewed the voice of God to the people. 
And it's just like, think of it like a microphone that if, if you talked into a microphone and somehow the microphone changed your words, what, what, what came through the speakers was different than what you said into the microphone, what would you do? You'd throw away the microphone. It just has no use if the word isn't accurate. When we move over into the New Testament, we no longer are seeing that there's just this, this one voice that's one person, the voice of God to the people, but we actually see the collective voice. We see an emphasis on what God is saying to the body, the impressions of the Holy Spirit, the, the spirit of the prophetic. There are still prophets, but the days that there would be just one voice that would release a word and suddenly this word is to direct the entire body. It's just dysfunction. We've shifted from from just I have the word of the Lord to perhaps we have the mind of Christ. Consider this logically for a moment. Imagine that the spirit of God has been poured out upon all flesh and the Bible says now that we, we prophesy in part because we see in part. Well, that should kind of show you the level of emphasis that we should place on the prophetic. We love the prophetic. We love the office of prophet. But if the prophet can miss it, and if we can prophesy through our filters, whether it's King James English or bitterness or bad theology, if it's possible that we can kind of skew the word as it comes from impression to delivery should show us the, the weight that we should really be putting on these prophetic words. These things need to be discerned in short. The idea that somebody just uh, hits Facebook Live and releases this word to the, to the whole body of Christ and, and uh, this is now what we should do and how we should respond, even just from a, a standpoint of critical thinking and logic, how do we know that you've heard from the Lord? How do we really know that's what God said? And this is why in the New Testament, when it became open season that all can prophesy, but we're really prophesying in part and discerning, and this is why the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29, but let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. This is amazing. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. If there's a judging, if there's a small committee created to judge prophetic words, that should tell us that it's possible to miss it and that words need to be stewarded. Words need to be managed. Prophetic words need to be processed. Uh, prophetic words need to be discerned and not just by the prophet that spoke it, but by those who can judge and we discern. What is God saying? Is that so that we can control the prophetic? No, it's not for the sake of control, it's for the sake of stewardship. That we would actually be able to say, hey, here's what we sense God is saying. Now we can act on it. Now we can pray into it. Now the church can get traction and we can actually go somewhere with this word rather than words being released for the sake of upping our social media views, uh, being able to be the, the new prophet on the scene, trying to build a platform for ourselves. The days of just whipping out prophetic words online or wherever, it's not that that means that they're not correct or the prophetic voice hasn't heard from God. It just means that we can do better than 30 people on New Year's Eve releasing words that all contradict each other and, and sort of confuse the body of Christ. How can the messenger run without clear vision? I'm looking forward to a day 
when we see the emergence of the genuine synergy between the apostolic and prophetic, where these glorious, wonderful, genuine prophetic words released through prophets are able to be filtered through even apostolic lenses or apostolic systems and wineskins so that the body of Christ can get traction. After all, if God has said it, don't we want to respond? Isn't it worthy of more than just, I posted it, I spoke to the nations, here's a word for the whole world? Uh, This kind of thing is just absolute dysfunction. And again, bringing us back to critical thinking and, and logic even. And don't be thrown off by that word logic. It doesn't mean you're not spiritual if you're a thinker or walking something through. But what if everybody jumped online and was releasing all kinds of prophetic words? Where really is the value on that? The second, uh, the second dysfunction I want to touch on today is what I'm calling glamour without substance. <laughs> glamour without substance. And I'm talking about the sort of... Uh, uh, facilitation of stirring the body. That I, ca- I kind of call them the shouting prophets, where we find ourselves on a stage and we whip out this word and it's exciting and it's saying all the right things and ticking all the boxes. And often you'll find the prophetic language is the same. It's, there's a shift and we're going to reclaim everything that was taken and this year is going to be better than last year. And you, who doesn't want to agree with that? However, That doesn't always mean that it's accurate, and it doesn't always mean that the church can build on it. These are sort of considered revival stirring words, and you'll see them at various meetings, and it's stirring up the body, stirring up the people, but doesn't necessarily establish the church. It's not necessarily something we can build on, and we really don't know what to do with it. We just leave the the revival meeting and walk, walk right back into the chaos of the world, and and, and people are not necessarily saved or reached. We just keep going to these meetings, getting stirred up, but very little traction and establishment. Here's a, here's a good reason to stir up the body and encourage. We see in Acts chapter number 15 in verse 32, it says, Now Judas and Silas themselves being prophets also, so there's proof of New Testament prophets, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. You can kind of just picture it, Judas and Silas walking into a meeting and beginning to encourage and speak life and exhort and prophesy, the spirit of prophecy being released that edifies and stirs up the body. Maybe the people clapped, maybe they cheered, maybe, maybe they said some kind of amen. That's a stirring prophetic word. And I would like to argue that the church has sort of camped on those. And it's almost become sort of charismatic culture that you've got to say something good that's stirring or you just might not be invited back. And we've seen the the manipulation that comes along with that, even along the lines of witchcraft and speaking things that God just has not said. So let's move into Romans chapter 1 verse 11 to look at what an establishing word would look like. Romans 1 11 Paul says, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. Paul's desire as an apostle was to build and establish the church. Can you imagine an apostolic prophetic synergy where the body was stirred, where the body was revived, but then the body was was greater 
established because of the prophetic words released, words that gave the church traction. Imagine the synergy we could have with prophetic perspective and apostolic function and building. Well, the Bible does say the church is founded on the apostles and prophets. So we, we, we have sort of had in the last few decades a lot of great stirring. Uh, you'll find the phenomena uh, phenomenon of New Year's Eve words, New Year's Day words, where the body is stirred, but we just haven't seen much change and very little inventory taken on, did that word even come to pass? The reality is, as of the last number of years, we've seen less and less of words really come to pass. And we, we were sort of absent on the world stage when it came to COVID and it came to some of the greater historical events that took place. The world looked for the prophetic voice of the church, but we were found wanting. So we want to see prophets and prophetic people begin to open up their, their embrace for apostolic lenses, begin to look for apostolic wineskins that can take the word. And I, I say this on a, a really practical level. When you, when you get a governmental word for the body, surely it's for more than just Facebook where the algorithm minimizes who sees it. People are scrolling quickly. They read it. They say amen and that's it. What about the apostolic networks and churches that you as a prophetic voice are connected to? Why not take the time to send it off in an email and say, I just submit this to you for discernment and processing. Imagine whole networks would be able to take prophetic words and say, we as a network, we as a body say yes and amen to this Lord, do it in our churches. How powerful would that be if we added the strategic to the spiritual? How powerful would that be if we looked for the traction and the functionality and the response to these prophetic words that are given at such key moments when we gather for prayer or for ministry? I envision a day where prophetic words are like documents. They're not necessarily just released for everybody to see on Facebook or, or, or the prophet doesn't just stand up and release it in, at the conference and there my work is done. But what if prophetic words were treated as almost classified or highly sensitive, powerful documents that were sent to the right people, judged and processed, and then released to the body in an organized way? I'll tell you what apostles are good at. Apostles are good at strategic thinking. Apostles are good at making sure that something is multiplied and disseminated throughout the body in a way that gives traction and building. Imagine if prophets and apostles could work together on that level where we have discerned the voice of God together and we release this word with massive agreement. <laughs> Doesn't that sound better than just, I posted it? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm seeing a day. We don't throw out the prophetic. We're not minimizing the prophetic, but we're cleaning some things up. To, and I believe the outcome will not only be an, a more established church, uh, but I, will, I believe it will also give us greater credibility with the world and those who are watching to see what, what's the deal with this. But more than that, I believe it will pull together a unity and a partnership between the apostles and prophets, the apostolic and prophetic, on a level that we have yet, yet to see, stewarding the glory of God, stewarding the word of the Lord together. I believe that's just the kind of synergy we're waiting for. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. 
If you liked what you heard, visit HistoryMakersAcademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV.